Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Sports Day. Toolmart, the complete tool center. Serving WA for over 40 years. Yeah, it's great to have your company. This is Sports Day WA with Peter Vlahos and all thanks to Toolmart, the complete tool centre in Kia, where you find the award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. All eyes at the WACA ground. I can see the light towers actually from our broadcast position here at Optus Stadium, the studios of SENWA. A huge performance on what is an absolute belter of a wicket at the WACA. Everybody's been talking about the wickets in India in that four-test series against Australia and the controversy that comes with those wickets. Well, let me tell you, the wicket at the Wacker is an absolute beauty. And it was shown earlier today when WA was sent in the bat in the Marsh one-day cup final and they scored seven for 387. Seven for 387. And we saw Josh Inglis, who opened the batting surprisingly, made 138. Bancroft came in at number three. He made 90. Mitch Marsh made 56 of only 30 balls and clubbed five sixes. Five sixes and three fours. You don't often see more sixes hit than boundaries in a half century. That's what Mitch Marsh did. Stoinis came in for quick runs. He made 11, as did Ashton Turner, 18. Aaron Hardy remained 23 not out with Matthew Kelly one not out. And the only other batsman out was Ashton Agar, who'd made 26 off 15 balls. So in the end, seven for 387 off their 50 overs. So you'd think pretty lopsided contest. Well, not exactly. Uh, the South Australians have done well. And after nine overs and no wicket for 66, Smith is 40 not out of 27 balls and Hunt is 25 not out. So they're doing okay, Kelvin Smith and uh, Henry Hunt, in that massive, massive run chase. They still need something like 318 runs from 245 balls, but they've started in the best way possible. Another boundary and they're no wicket for 70 and Hunt is up to 29 off uh, 28 balls. So we'll keep you posted with that as well. Plenty coming up on the program. We're going to touch base with the Fremantle Dockers uh, in a little while and speak to uh, the Fremantle Dockers assistant coach. He looks after the back line, Matthew Boyd. And later on, we'll check in with the Perth Glory. Always great having a chat to Chris Coyne, former Perth Glory player. Of course, had a very illustrious career in the UK, particularly with Luton Town and represented the Socceroos as a centre-back. Chris is going to join us, and we're going to ask him the question, what's happened in the last six games? Three draws and three wins. Oh, sorry, three draws and three losses, no wins. And what was at one stage looking pretty promising mid-season for the glory. So we've got that coming up a bit later on. But first, as I touched on yesterday, it's International Women's Day today, and I've got my top seven in women's sport. It's all thanks to Kia, 
the top seven. They bring you this every week, the award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. And let's roll it. Let's kick it off with number seven. Number seven. Kate Campbell flying here, looking to hang on. That world record, 50.58. Australian record, 50.91. Down, 50.25. What a swim. And a big fist pump, new world record. Kate Campbell sets the pool of light here in Adelaide. Yes, well, Kate Campbell doesn't really need an introduction, does she, really? She's a four-time Olympian, a world record holder, a four-time gold medalist, and really a sporting figure who has long advocated for the representation of women in sport. In fact, in 2022, uh, she took on a new role as chair of the Australian Olympics Committee Athletes Commission after nine years on the board. Number six. Perry in the air. Dropped. And there's a hundred. Extraordinary one to bring up. Her first ever ODI century. Dramatic, pulsating, a masterclass. Well, Elise Perry was just 16 when she played her first one-day international for Australia in 2007. The youngest player ever to do so. It was a feat in itself, but she also made her debut, and people may not remember this, for the Matildas, 13 days after that. Her football career, uh, the unforgettable highlight being, and which remains a left-footed goal against Sweden in the 2011 World Cup quarterfinal. Check it out. Uh, It wound up her soccer career around 2015 with the advent of the Big Bash and the acceleration of professionalism in both sports. I'm just wondering what she's thinking now when she looks at Sam Kerr and what she's achieved in the round ball game. Number five. Derisario, with 200 metres to go, is looking very strong indeed. She's still around five lengths in front as she rounds the final band and into the home straight. She lines up with 100 metres to go. She's looking extremely strong is Madison Derisario. She's holding off, if anything... She's going further out in front and she's going to take the line and take the win and dethrone the current champion, 145.99. That's a new Paralympic record for Madison De Rosario. Yeah, it's just an outstanding uh, athlete she is, Madison De Rosario. She's got an Order of Australia, Australian Paralympic athlete and wheelchair racer who specialises in middle and long distance events and she competed in the 2008 in Beijing Olympics, the uh, 2012 London Paralympics, the 2016 Rio and the 2020 Tokyo Summer Paralympics Games, winning two gold medals. Uh, I followed Madison's career very closely, did a story, a TV story on her in the very early days and uh, it has just been marvellous to see what she has achieved in the Paralympic field. Number four. She crumbed her own footy, did Daisy Pierce. She does it all in the air, ground level. She kicks the D's first major for the night. Four again, a lovely kick. Just waits it perfectly to Pierce to run onto. She thought about giving it off to Bannon. She'll go back to kick for her fourth goal. She's too unselfish, isn't she? Daisy Pierce, sensational leader. Yes, and Daisy Pierce will forever be known as probably one of the most influential names in the women's sport. Blazing a trail for female athletes and boosting the profile of the AFLW. As we know, she was drafted as the first player for the Melbourne Demons uh, for the AFLW's inaugural season back in 2017. She played a total of 55 games, captaining for six seasons, and as we know, won numerous fairest and best and uh, drew the curtain down on her career at the end of last season.
Number three. They go inside. Lauren Jackson doing what Lauren Jackson does. And they get it back in to Lauren Jackson. And that's an and one. Lauren Jackson with an and one. And she is adding to this total 21 big points. I love the American accent from the commentator there about Lauren Jackson. Uh, she's changed the face of Australian basketball, hasn't she? With a resume boasting four Olympic medals, a world championship gold medal, two WNBA titles, three WNBA MVP awards, an induction into the Naismith Memorial Hall of Fame. She certainly has forged an imposing legacy. Number two. The dream comes true. Australia's Ash Barty is Wimbledon champion. Well, as we know, she retired from tennis at 25 when she was the world number one, arguably Australia's best-known athlete. Yet, even in retirement, Barty has a powerful voice. Uh, she was coaxed back to the scene of a final Grand Slam triumph this year, along with her hero, Yvonne Goulagon-Corley to be the face of the Australian Open Indigenous uh, Day program. And, of course, she's focusing on developing the next generation of tennis player, particularly from her Indigenous background. Number one. Sam Kerr has a double. Running at Kulbein. Razzo still drives it in towards Kerr. And Sam Kerr pokes the ball home at the near post. Delivers Kerr's header. And well, her profile is going to go through the roof in literally in a few months' time if it isn't up in the clouds already with the FIFA Women's World Cup. And the opening game, as we know, for the Matildas, we played at the Olympic Stadium in Sydney and they're forecasting 83,500 people. And Sam Kerr is one of those uh, draw cards. Uh, her achievements are quite staggering, really, both on and off the field. The Matildas captain is the country's all-time leading goal scorer with 62 goals. She scored Australia's first World Cup hat-trick and is the first woman to win the Golden Boot in three leagues on different continents. And off the field, as we know, the Chelsea striker became the first woman to feature on the cover of the FIFA series of video games last year posing next to French superstar Kylian Mbappe. So there you go, our top seven today for Kia, uh, the award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia's large SUV available now at your nearest Kia dealer. And the one that I go to is the one at Osmond Park Kia. And Tony Saluna and the team have a fantastic range of new and used Kias and also other vehicles down there. So check it out. They're in Scarborough Beach Road in Osmond Park. Osmond Park Kia, certainly my favourite Kia dealership in the Perth metro area. And there is many, and we wish him all the best. And thanks to Kia for supporting Sports Day. We're going to take a break, and then after the break, we're coming back and we'll find out the latest from the Fremantle Dockers. Sports Day for Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. Just updating sport now for tyre power and you buy three and get one free on selected Kumo passenger car. 
an SUV tyre during tyre power. Store-wide super sale. Let's update what's happening down the road at the WACA Ground South. Australia have just lost their first wicket. Uh, Kelvin Smith, who batted very well, made 44 of only 34 balls. Uh, Hunt is 39 not out. Uh, Drew has come to the crease. And South Australia, one for 84 currently. One for 84 in the 13th over. Andrew Tai, who's done the Rory Lob and gone the peroxide blonde, almost white hair. He's got one for four in his second over. So there you go. That brings you up to date. And just some other news in relation to sport before we uh, welcome Matthew Boyd to the program. Audio of the St Kilda coaches box was mistakenly uploaded to a central server accessible by rival clubs with their senior coach, Ross Lyon, reportedly forced to address his players as a result. Now, behind the goals vision of the club's practice match against Essendon was uploaded to a Dropbox server. But the audio of the Saints coaches box was also included, meaning opposition clubs had full access to it in the several hours it was online. The club also confirmed key figures, including Lyon, fronted the playing group directly to address the mistake. Reportedly, the language was quite fruity and the assessment of some of the players was quite frank to the point that to preempt any shock and embarrassment that might come when the audio was leaked, Ross actually spoke to the players one-on-one today, those who might be a bit put out by his views on them. So there you go, some interesting developments down there at Moorabbin. That's all up. Dated uh, thanks to Ty Power's store-wide super sale, bringing you the sports news headlines. So we wait and see what the fallout to that is. Let's go to the Fremantle Dockers. This gentleman joined as an assistant uh, senior coach in October of 2020. I think he enjoys the purple. I think he enjoys the weather. And he's enjoying the fact that the Dockers had a pretty good uh, 2022 and everybody's gearing up for what they are likely to present in 2023. And I know there's a lot of hearty and excited Fremantle Docker supporters waiting for the season to roll around. They don't have to wait long. Uh, not this weekend, but the following weekend, round one is here. Joining us uh, is Matthew Boyd, a man that made his name with the Bulldogs. Almost 300 games for the Bullies, uh, but he's come west. And I think he's, in, as I said, he's enjoying his time down there at the port. Matthew, thanks for your time. No worries at all. Thanks for having me on the uh, show. Is that a fair call? You're enjoying your time here? Yeah, absolutely. It's been a it's been a really good move and um, really enjoying my time at Freo. It's been a it's a really good club to, to be a part of, you know, really strong culture and doing something uh, pretty special. So um, great to be a part of it. Mm. How does it differ, do you think, from another club that we could be a bit similarity in relation to the fan base and the passion they display from when you were at the uh, Bulldogs, where, of course, you are also captain for a number of seasons, about three seasons. Yeah. Yeah, look, um, oh, there's, there's plenty of similarities, with, I, I think, with all clubs. A lot of clubs, um, most clubs, have a very passionate fan base. Um, you know, I've probably, my eyes have probably been um, opened up to how passionate the Freo supporters are. I probably didn't realise that when I, was a, when I was a player at the Bulldogs and in my time in the AFL, but... Certainly, a, a really passionate bunch of supporters, which you know they get behind us, and we really we really lift when we're playing in front of our home crowd. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's a it's a young and exciting uh, group that's that's coming along in terms of the playing group. So I suppose towards the back end of my playing career at the Dogs and and the you know, the front end of my coaching career at the at the Dockers, it's um 
you know, there's some similarities in terms of the excitement of the of the, the young playing group coming through. Everybody talks about how exciting the midfield could be this season, and there's been a lot of headlines regarding Luke Jackson and uh, him, of course, falling uh, into the Fremantle Dockers for this coming season. But I tell you what, uh, there is some very much excitable players to watch in the defensive half. Of course, you look after the backs, and and now you need to look after the captain, Alex Pierce, who was given the nod just last week as the leader of the club. Your thoughts on uh, Alex Pierce as the captain taking over from Nat Fife? I think um, I think Alex is a, a fantastic leader, and whether or not he's he's the uh, got the title of captain, he he has been a fantastic leader for a number of years. You know, we know he's um, he's battled through a lot of injuries, particularly earlier on in his career, and to see him get a, a good run over the last couple of years, um, and to I guess show us all what a fantastic and selfless player that he he really is. Um, you know, it's been it's been a joy to watch. It's been a joy to be uh, up close and personal with him. But as I said, in terms of his leadership, he's um, you know he's he's re- he's the right leader for us um, moving forward. I you know the right one to take over from from Fife. He's done an amazing job to to help develop Piercy into into his leadership. But yeah, he's a he's a really authentic leader. Yeah, as I said, he's really selfless. He's really empathetic to his to his teammates, but he can also demand really high standards as well. So he's got a really good ba- uh, balance in terms of how he leads the uh, this young playing group. It is an exciting defensive unit. There's no question. And there's a couple of question marks over a couple of the players that may be just carrying a few injuries. We'll get an update on that in a moment. But uh, many, many people are expecting Hayden Young could be anything. Well, look, we just... If if Youngy sort of delivers what he did last year, we'd be pretty pretty happy as well. I mean, he's... He's been a really reliable player for such a young player. Um, and not, having not played too many, I think he's played 35 games in his career. Um, to be as reliable as he is in the contest and as consistent as he is with his with his performances week to week, you know, we, we don't need too much more than that from him. To be to be perfectly honest, because what he what he's bringing at the moment is is of a really high quality. So. Um, you know, we don't need to put too many expectations or pressures on these on these young players. What they just need to do is continue to understand their role and continue to develop within their role and um, and play to their strengths, which is which is what Youngie's been able to do for us for a couple of years now. As a backline coach, uh, is there a couple of players that may be just carrying a few little niggles? I'm talking and referring to maybe Heath Chapman, Joel Hamling, Lukey Ryan. Are they going to be okay for round one or available for selection? Yeah, well, um, he, uh, Chappie and, and Joel both played footy over the weekend. Obviously, Joel Joel played it down at Peel Thunder in an intra-club match. Uh, and Chappie played um, his first sort of uh, hit-out for the season uh, against Port Adelaide um, and got, both got through really well. Uh, Luke Wright obviously missed. He's missed a couple of weeks now with... A bit of a bit of a back complaint, and he, it's something that he's sort of carried for for a couple of years. So he's um, he's on the upward upward trend now, and he trained well today. So um, you know, time will tell with with Luke, but the other two the other two are fine. What about uh, last week? I noticed that Joy Amos, who a lot of people are talking about, will have a, a real responsible position in the Fremantle Dockers uh, this season. He didn't play last week. Can you give us an update how he's going? Yeah, he's a pretty exciting young player for us. Um, you know, he's got a lot of upside as a as a forward. He's got really 
Well, he's got really good footy IQ and footy and, and forward craft for such a young player. Um, he's, he's still developing, though. He's still developing in multiple aspects of his game, and um, that's where that's where he's at. He, he had, again, he had a game for Peel Thunder uh, over the weekend. So, um, yeah, he will continue to develop and try and put form together to, to bust his way into a into a forward line that's you know it's got a um, a lot of players for for not many spots. So it's a good position to be in at the moment. But he's certainly pushing his case for for round one and early in the season. Tell you what, Fife, he looked like uh, he was really enjoying himself last week. A couple of goals across his body, had a bit of freedom. The responsibility of the captaincy, of course, has been lifted from uh, his shoulders where he's carried the burden for a number of years. He looked pretty relaxed last weekend. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's a quality player. You don't win two Brownlows and not, not being a quality player. So um, he's really embraced the, the new role that he's he's been asked to play and he's, he's really willing to play as a forward, a permanent forward. Um, there's still aspects of his game that he's working on and, you know, it's a credit to him that at the age that he's at and having accomplished what he's accomplished in his footy career that he's willing to learn and to grow in, in different areas of his game. So we thought, he, we thought he was a real offensive threat and a really strong player in the contest for us last week, um, which is great. And then, you know, the other side of his game, which is, his defensive work when he doesn't have the ball, he's taking good steps forward as well. So there's some good things to like about, about Fifey's progression of the forward. It's, uh, it's exciting times. What are your thoughts on having a bye this weekend before round one? Good, indifferent, or you don't really care? Oh, look, I, I think it's, um, it's a good way to sort of get a couple of practice matches into the, into the players and then, Hit a bit of a reset button and get ready for the for the arduous long season that, that's coming. You know, it's 23 home and away games this year, which is one extra uh, on top of last year, and plus hopefully the opportunity to play finals for for eight lucky teams. Um, so I think the buy, I think the the buy before the season starts is a good idea. It's probably not great for the fans. You know, they want to see footy. You know, at this time of year, they want to see footy every every week and lots of it. So. Um, everyone will just have to be patient like uh, like we have to be for the season to start. But it's it's a good refresh for the players and, and for the for the whole uh, footy industry, I guess, before a long season starts. So, Matthew, what is the program between now being Wednesday and the following weekend? You'll probably, what, travel on Friday because uh, your first game is away. Uh, so what is the program during this period? Just basically training sessions and a couple of match sims uh, within the club? Yeah, we, we had a good... Good hit out today as a, as a training session. Players will have tomorrow off, and then we'll, we'll come together on Friday for uh, for some meetings, um, some line meetings and uh, a main meeting. Uh, and then on Saturday, we'll have a really good hit out at um, you know, a, a good training session on Saturday to, um, to sort of get us ready to go. Um, and, then, and then business as usual the following week, as you said, travel on Friday. So it's, um, yeah, it's, I guess it's just a, a matter of building building up to towards round one from here. Uh, good on you. Matthew, thanks for joining us, mate. I appreciate your time and uh, doing a fantastic job with the defensive unit there at the Fremantle Dockers. Uh, we appreciate it and we'll talk again soon. No worries. Cheers. Good on you, Matthew Boyd, joining us. And, of course, uh, Fremantle Dockers memberships are on sale. You can save $60 with a six-game pass today. That's right, a six-game pass 
is the best way to catch Frio footy live this season. So Fremantle Docker supporters, snap them up, okay? Uh, Six-day pass or six-game pass, save $60. Uh, Check it out. All right, let's just check out what's happening in the cricket. Ashton Agar is bowling for WA. And in pursuit of WA's seventh for 387 off their 50 overs in the Marsh One Day Cup final, South Australia one for 101 in the 16th over. One for 101 in the 16th over. As I mentioned, Ashton Agar is bowling his third over and has the figures of no wicket for 14. We'll take a break. The other thing I thought about, and maybe I'll discuss it after the break, if this WA side, and you think they're in the box seat, take out the Marsh one-day cup final back-to-back, and they're in the Sheffield Shield final at home, and they take that back-to-back. Somebody said to me, pound for pound, when you look at the talent in this team, this could be WA's best ever cricket combination. Even bettering those glory years of certainly the 80s when Western Australia won around about five Sheffield Shields between 1981 and 1989. And I think another wicket has just gone down. Hunter's out for 50. I think he's been caught by Ashton Turner off the bowling of Ashton Agar for 50. Agar's got his first wicket and South Australia... I think are now two for 102. As we just see the replay courtesy of the cricket.com.au, just chipping it into mid-wicket straight to Turner, who's taken both catches that uh, have been involved in both wickets. Two for 102, quite a simple catch off Ashton Agar. We're going to take a break, come back with more in a moment. Of course, we're here for Toolmart, the complete tool centre. Of course, WA owned and operated for over 45 years. I know Jimmy, my producer, and Lee, my panel operator, very, very good handyman with their hands. They use them to perfection. And they go to Toolmart to get all their tools because they support a WA uh, business. Toolmart, Ian Peterson is the man that guides the ship and what a great organisation is. They are the best in the business. Support local. Don't worry about all those eastern staters coming into the tool trade here. Go to Toolmart. There's one near you and they're sponsors of Sports Day. Sports Day for Toolmart, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. Yes, looking at the WA cricketers heading for their 17th one day cup title win. Their first one was back in 1983, and they won in 2021, 2022, and they look like picking up 2023. Two for 105, South Australia, needing 388 for victory. Uh, they're in the 17th over. They started very well. They just lost their second wicket a few moments ago. Ty has one for 17, and Ashton Agar, the other wicket taker. Chris Coyne now joins us. Uh, it's Friday night action for the glory this week. And they return to HBF Park for the first time this season after spending uh, all their home games so far in Balcata there at Macedonia Park. Joining us is assistant coach and Chris Coyne. Chris, thanks for your time. Good evening, Peter. How are you, mate? Good. What's happened? Three draws, three losses in the last six weeks and we were going north. That is the Perth glory and all of a sudden it started to head south a bit in recent times. Any reasons... 
or any explanations? Oh, mate, um, real tough one, to be honest with you, Pete, because I think 70% of those games we, we should have won um, or should have at least got something out of the game. So we went away, obviously, to Brisbane, um, you know, one mil up, and I thought the boys were, were quite comfortable, to be honest with you. Um, we were set up well. They understood exactly what we were we were there to do, and you know, two poor goals. And I think that's you know, as a as a collective, as a group, um, we've been conceding too many goals and, and conceding from set plays and and sloppy moments. You know, the same again uh, against Western United. I think another game that we we pretty much dominated, um, and then we had a four minute block where you know we conceded two really poor goals with. You know, not really them playing through us or doing anything special, and and you're chasing the game again. So, boys have been, um, you know, very disappointed. They've been, um, you know, working so hard, and they're they're, they're really listening and, and trying to implement. So, you know, the only way sometimes you get a bit of bad luck is to to work harder and work yourself out of it. So, what's been the mood in the camp this week ahead of a return to HBF Park on Friday night at seven o'clock against the Western Sydney Wanderers? Yeah, so far so good, Pete. You know, we've had a, a good few days on the on the training track. Um, spirits are high. I think there's seven or eight boys that have never played uh, at HBF and got a few homegrown players, obviously, that are that are coming home and going to play on on um, on HBF for the first time. So, boys' spirits have been good. Um, it's never easy to go on the road for a week and come back with nothing in your nothing in your locker, but. Um, you know, the best thing about football, Pete, is sometimes when you're down, you get that opportunity to to come out in, in front of your members, in front of your home crowd, in front of your family and and put that purple shirt on and, and actually, you know, get that opportunity to, uh, to do something about it. So spirits have been good. The boys as a group have been excellent and um, I know they're excited. We've got a, a captain's run tomorrow at HBF and I know the boys are looking forward to, to going over there and having a run around. Mm. Let's have a look at a few of the players. Uh, I gather the skipper, Mustafa Amini, is he likely, he'll miss a net naturally through suspension. Uh, what about the likes of Daryl Lackman? Is he likely to return? Yeah, big Daryl's trained the last few days. Um, obviously a hell of a head knock that he took and um, we were really concerned for him for a while there. It wasn't wasn't nice. Um, it wasn't a nice situation to be a part of, but... Um, he got the stitches out uh, yesterday and the, the surgeon's done a really good job on, on piecing him back together. So um, all things going well, mate. He's, he's received his medical clearance and et cetera from, you know, the doctor with his con- concussion test. So, um, yeah, it'd be good to have the big fella out there or at least available uh, yeah. for the weekend. And also it's uh, disappointing in some ways. I believe he's got to have a, an operation. But Salim Khalifi, uh, who, the Tunisian, who's been such an excitement machine, but unfortunately his first season with the glory has been plagued with a bit of injury. Uh, that's him done and dusted for the season? Yeah, it is, Pete. He, um, he actually went and uh, saw Dr. Jared Hardesty uh, yesterday. Um, so he's gone into that surgery. He would, you know, bless him, he's, he's come over to a foreign country. Um, he's been playing with this, this injury for, for a few weeks now and just trying to push through and do the right thing by, by his teammates and the club. And I think it just got to the point for, for poor Salim where enough was enough and he had to go and get something done about it. So, yes, it's a big loss for the club. Um, but, you know, what it does give is Salim time to get his body right. It gives him the off-season. And, you know, he was he was having to, having to train and play through painkilling injections and... 
taking Panadine four day and things like that before training just to get through training. So once it gets to that stage, I uh, don't care how tough you are, it does um, have an effect on you. So, you know, we, we want a speedy recovery for, for Salim and the quicker we can see him out in, in that purple at, at HBF, you know, I think he's going to be a, a firm fan's favourite. I think uh, he's a little excitement machine and brings a lot of quality. So we can get that foot right. Uh, by all accounts, everything went well with the surgery and um, he's, a, he's a great little player, another little magician in the making, I think. Oh, I know he's an outstanding player. Certainly one of the players I really enjoy watching. He's uh, so skillful. Saying that, uh, Cameron Cook, the goalkeeper, who's taken over the reins of Liam Reddy uh, in the last few weeks, in fact, the last couple of months, uh, has re-signed with the club. And, and no doubt, you know, there's opposition in the goalkeeping stakes, but uh, your thoughts on how Cameron has settled into the role? Yeah, he's settled in there like any 21, 22-year-old goalkeeper. Uh, you know, we... Um we know with, with you, you know, goalkeepers generally don't start playing until they're 23, 24, especially in Europe. And the fortunate thing for goalkeepers, as we've seen with Liam Reddy, is they can play till they're 40. Um, and over that period of time, they, they um, get that consistency and they learn through the mistakes. You know, Cookie's a strong character. He's not going to hide behind the fact that he's made a, a couple of individual errors. But we weren't stupid enough to think that, you know, as a young kid, a young incumbent going into such a tough position that, that he wasn't going to be tested. But um, from that, he's, he's getting better. He's growing. Um, you know, he's, his character will improve and his decision-making will, will improve. And that's why I think the club and Andy Keogh and Ruben were so keen to, to sign him on a long-term deal because we see the kid having a massive future in the game. And, you know, we're, we're glad. We're really pleased with where Cookie is at, is at at the moment. You know, we're, we're happy to, you know see him make good, honest mistakes and, and grow from them and get better because as a club moving forward, we'll see the benefit of, of that experience that he's getting now. Now, you're a good man. You speak honestly. Uh, I had uh, Mark Beavers on the program last week and I spoke to him about you know that so-called incident that was actually a false alarm that involved Beavers and, of course, Ryan Williams and the reason they were not playing in a game some while back and they thought there might have been a clash with uh, the coach, Ruben Zadkovic, and, and Mark Beavers actually just laughed it off and said he couldn't uh, couldn't believe all the crap that was coming out. Now, we had the other incident just in the last couple of weeks regarding Giordano Colley. We know that Ruben wears his heart on his sleeve. He's passionate about the club. I've seen it firsthand. He just loves it. He's motivated. He's driven. Uh, your thoughts, Coiny, on what's all this sort of news, other than football news, that tends to filter out every now and then, and even last weekend... We saw a double-page spread in the West talking about the Perth Glory's so-called controversies, and there wasn't one word mentioned about the game that was being played that day. Yeah, listen, mate, it's something, you know, I've grown up with in Perth. I'll start with the sort of the, the article in the paper. I, I got wind of it, and um, I asked Gareth uh, to send it, Gareth Morgan to send it through to me, and um, I'm sat there reading it and just thinking, you know, the, these guys have got nothing better to do. And unfortunately, we do live in an AFL town. We're, we're a week and a half, two weeks away from the AFL starting. And I just saw it. They saw an opportunity to throw a hand grenade in. Um, and it was disappointing to, to read it um, because there's never anything positive in there. We, we're lucky if we even get a, a corner before the racing pages. So that being said, you know, where I'm a firm believer and I was brought up, brought up a bit old school. And sometimes in football, words need to be spoken. People need to have conversations. 
they always stay between the four walls. Uh, you never air your dirty, dirty laundry. And the worst thing for me was, or has been, is the fact that there hasn't been any dirty laundry. I've been involved with every single training session, been at training every day. And yes, there's words had at time. You know, it's, it's football. But there's been no conflict. There's been no people that have been at each other. And then it questions the integrity of uh, the dressing room and, and where people are, are at. I, I think this has been one of the most harmonious dressing rooms I've been a part of. And, and it's, there hasn't been any bickering and there hasn't been any um, fight between the players or Ryan Williams and Beavers. You know, uh, the reason Beavers probably laughed it off is because he was injured. He had a sore back at the time and missed the game. You know, it had nothing to do, but then all of a sudden these comments are coming out through social media, et cetera, et cetera. Um, a big pet hate of mine, I hate social media for that reason. I love the, 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 the platform it gives people, um, but I don't like the innuendo and lies that can sometimes come out. And like an old school journalist, you've been around a long time, Pete, you knew that you had to sort of credential your stories or you had to have fact in that story where with social media you can print lies at times. Um, and because there's so much and it spreads so quick, then it, it gathers a, it gathers momentum and people jump on it. So mm. a little bit disappointing from that perspective. But um, from my, my point of view, um, you know, I think the boys are in a good space. I think we can all see what we're building towards. Um, I can honestly say to you that, you know, there's never been any, any harsh incidents or fights or Mark Beavers and Ryan Williams or anything like that. Um, so it's a bit disappointing, you know. The dressing room's a dressing room. The club's a club. Everything should stay inside in terms of that, you know, dressing room stuff. Um, but I can honestly tell you, mate, that there's a lot of um, a lot of smoke and daggers there. There's nothing really to, to talk about. It's just um, the innuendo that comes out through social platforms. Yeah, no, I couldn't believe that article last week, honestly. And to be fair, I've been around a long time. If you wanted to write a two-pager on the glory, you could write a, a three pager on the West Coast Eagles. You could write a couple of pages on the Fremantle Dockers. You could even write a page on the Perth Wildcats who are seen to be squeaky exactly. clean. Well, there was a few years ago where there was a certain player that got himself in a bit of trouble and you know where he ended up. Yeah, exactly. So, so it, I just think, but the fact that what really irritated me about the West Australia last week is that they didn't even put a par in about the game that was coming up. Okay, write that, yeah. but write something about the game for God's sake. Yeah, listen, at the end of the day, it's a free world, so they can write what they choose, but because they're so, or it comes across as so one-eyed, it's disappointing. Now, if we're all getting equal coverage, and I get that football doesn't put as much as many bums on seats as the Eagles, but if the coverage was equal or the writing, they were writing about the game, but there had been some controversy and it's in the paper, then so be it. That's part, part of the course. But when it seems so lopsided to other sports and... You know, it does it does annoy me a little bit. But like I said before, mate, growing up in Perth, I know how hard people have had to fight over the years uh, for airtime, for print, for, for whatever. So nothing really surprises me anymore. I think there um, there's, there's ulterior motives out there, and I, I just don't agree with them at times. And the other thing is, a lot of guys call themselves sports commentators, but got, uh, get out there and learn about some other sports as well, and then you can maybe write and talk about it. Now, two final questions is... As, have we seen the end of Liam Reddy? Chris, can you answer that honestly for us? Uh, you can never say the end of someone that's had such longevity in his career. Um, I don't think we'll see him playing for, for Perth Glory again, but I, I'm not the head coach. So mm -hmm. if I had to give you my opinion, I'd probably say no, but I'm not the one that selects the team. Um, no. So that'll be Ruben's choice. Obviously, I help him alongside that, so I'm not just parking it with Ruben. 
and I'm also a firm believer in you can never say never either. But um, as it stands at the moment, I'd be very surprised if we were to see him go out there again. But that's not to say that, you know, it's not going to happen because, you know, that's the, that's the funny thing about the football world. And, you know, Cookie, you know, grabbed his opportunity and he's been doing well. But that's not to say that the opportunity isn't there for Liam. As we let you go, it's the Western Sydney Wanderers. They've just uh, dropped one game in their last eight and they are making a serious run at Melbourne City. But we know what's happened in football and you would have woken up the other morning and you would have shook your head when you saw Liverpool 7, Manchester United nil, And uh, that's the game because going to that game, Liverpool weren't travelling that well. No, it's a funny... It, it, well, the old cliche, it's a funny old game and it's... I, I couldn't believe it because my kids are Liverpool fans. So I'm sat there having a, a coffee and toast in the morning and Kieran's going, Dad, did you see the Liverpool go, uh, score? I went, oh, how much did Man U win by? And he's like, oh, piss off, Dad. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, whatever, mate. So I'm straight on my phone and it was like, goal, 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 goal. And I was like, wow. I'd, I'd, I'd never have thought I'd woken up to that. But being an entertaining myself, Pete, I, I, I'm not happy when they win. seven uh... like, Brilliant, brilliant. Mate, I'll see you on uh, Friday night. It should be a beauty. Kick off at 7 o'clock yeah, back at HBF Park. Should, should be a crack, mate. And it's, um, everyone's looking forward. I know that um, all the staff, Anthony Radich and, and Joe, are, are, you know, are pushing really hard to, to put on a, a special night for everyone because uh, I think we've all missed being at HBF. So I'd implore as many people that, are, that can get down. Uh, 7 o'clock kick off on a Friday. Um, a good time in this weather in, in beautiful Perth. So I'd implore as many people as possible to come down and support the boys. Yeah, good on you, mate. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we'll see you on Friday. Thanks, Chris. Thanks for having us, Pete. Take care, mate. Good on you. A-League update ahead of the uh, Glory Wanderers match. Of course, football is here. And here is the Isuzu Ute A-League. Uh, experience it live. Search A-League tickets and get your tickets and go along to see the Perth Glory take on the Western Sydney Wanderers on Friday night. 7 o'clock kickoff at HBF Park. Good to be back at HBF Park too, I reckon. It's coming up 11 to 6 here on Sports Day WA. Sports Day for Toolmark, the complete tool centre, serving WA for over 40 years. Gee, they're good. I tell you what, when they turn it on, they turn it on. I'm talking about the WA cricket team. At one stage, South Australia were just flying and they were no wicket for 84. They were then, at one stage, one for 102. Now they're five for 126. They've just been going like nine pins now. Andrew Ty. Ashton Agar been taking wickets. Kelvin Smith made 44, Hunt 50. And then a bit of a procession after that. Daniel Drew fell for eight. Nathan McSweeney won. And Ben Menenti made nine. Uh, Jake Lehman is six not out. And Harry Nilsson, three not out. A very good singer-songwriter was Harry Nilsson, by the way. Um, so it's now five for 126 in the 21st over. Looking at the bowling figures, Andrew Ty is just completing his sixth over. He has two for 27. Ashton Agar, five overs, three for 25. And I reckon he can maybe just use a part of his hand, maybe one of the fingers, and 
Just show the Australian selectors just how good he is. Good on you, Ashton. Three for 25. I'll put you in my team any day. All right, that's it for the program. Tomorrow, we're going to reflect on this match. And it looks like WA are going to be crowned one-day champions again. And we're going to have a discussion. Is this the best WA cricket team ever assembled? Might even get Graham Wood on the program tomorrow, who led WA to many a Sheffield Chill victory. If I can track down Woody. Thanks very much, Jimmy. Thanks, Lee. Catch you tomorrow from five.